This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Season five is in the books. We've got a new Tough as Nails winner, too. Congratulations, Ben, on winning Tough as Nails season five. Here to break it all down is one uh, Savage podcast crew, of course, back with us, uh, somewhat obfuscated from my view. It's Jessica Lee. Yeah, I'm already I got my workspace clear. I'm all ready to go, Rob. Just no, no. Just, I'm trying no. to mentally tell you the water bottle. Clear the water bottle. Oh, oh, the water Thumbs bottle. Down. Sorry, sorry. Okay, Thumbs okay, down. I'm ready now. All right, let's go. Okay, all right. Uh, and back with us, of course, uh, to talk about it all. Give it up for Mike Bloom. Hello, hello. Yes, here donning my blue collar in honor of Tough as Nails. And congratulations to Ben. I mean, Stommy, you've heard this before. A CBS reality show offers uh, offers slots to Canadians. And for the very first season that they're eligible, one of them goes on to win the season. Yes, a little bit of a different like from an odds perspective here. How many Canadians did we have? Three, four, 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 four. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, the look, this was, they had a home field advantage. Congratulations to Ben who, um, you know, the chalk pick to be the winner. Uh, great job there in those final couple of tasks for Ben. Uh, and we'll talk about that and everything, uh, from the battle of the trades here from Friday night and Sunday night of tough as nails. To me, I think the thing that I, and I really love this season of Tough as Nails, but the thing for me, I think, and maybe, I don't know if this is how you both feel also, that I think I've uh, really come around to the fact where I used to feel like with Tough as Nails, I'm like, okay, well, this team stuff is whatever, but it's about who's going to win Tough as Nails. I think for me, I've really come around to that. I find that the team portion of the game is the more interesting part of the show for me. That's interesting. I mean, I think from a narrative perspective, that makes a lot of sense that we are able to tell this tale. And the fact that all five seasons, the teams have wound up finishing 5-4 means we're not dealing necessarily with any blowout situations. There's almost always an underdog, but it's almost always kept close by the end of it. I think what also helps is that Usually the bigger characters and the more entertaining players are eliminated before the finale. And so maybe if you're looking at the individual challenges with no offense to those that wind up in the end game and you're like, okay, maybe these are not exactly the most rootable characters. Well, the good news is there's the team challenge where you can see, you know, your Aquilas, where you can see Paul, where you could see Carly uh, get to do their own shenanigans, despite the fact that they won't necessarily be a big part of the second half of the episode. Yeah, and I would I would add that there's also so much intra team drama and the interactions with 
the people having to learn how to work together. I think that's always the one of the more fun arcs to follow is how they start out not knowing how to communicate with each other. And then over time, they figure it out and they solve problems together. I think that's really unique to this show. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's not it's not as egregious as Amazing Race where you just pick the most boring team and that should be your winner pick every every season. But I would tend to agree that it's nice that we still have the big personalities around. Yeah, I just feel like with the individual portion of the game, I feel like that, you know, in the first week we said, oh, here's Ben. Yeah, he's probably going to win the show. Um, all throughout the season, we felt like, oh, yeah, this guy is probably going to win. We did predictions last week. We all said, yeah, we're pretty sure it's going to be Ben. And then it was Ben. And mm -hmm. whereas I feel like that all of the things that I, I feel like that I will remember for time to come about this season of the show has to do with the stories and the relationships between the players from the uh, team aspects of the show. What I did find interesting in the edit was like the time of your life vitamin C graduation montage we got <laughs> from Savage Crew before the last team challenge, but not Dirty Hands. That was really interesting to me and perhaps was a bit of like the thumb on the scale edit wise as to, okay, Savage Crew is going to be obviously be able to win the battle of the trade. Certainly not in the fashion that I thought they would, but I did find that interesting. I mean, I guess Savage Crew did have more of a story this season as a unit. And I would say, as we've talked about in you know Time Memoriam, probably one of the strongest Savage Crew storylines we've had of the entire series, which is saying a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, they really did bring it all season long and did uh, come around. And this was like episode nine. I thought it was a really nice uh, send off for uh, Savage Crew in terms of their story uh, this season. You know, Phil had teased with us a couple of weeks ago how Carolina was going to have her. I, mean, I think this was the big uh, Carolina redemption moment uh, that Phil was referencing. Uh, and we got to see her uh, in the Battle of the Trades. Really, I thought the other thing that was I, I thought was super impactful, no pun intended, uh, was everything with Kenji in the uh, final oh gauntlet. Oh, my God. Freaking heartbreaking. Like a, a true tin cup scenario for Kenji. I was so mad at the show. Like, this is the first time I've ever been actively mad at Tough as Nails. For having there be a beat earlier in the season where a technique that only Kenji figures out yes, is yes. what helps him to do well and everybody praises it to the heavens. And then they put what looks like the exact same thing. Yeah. And it turns out that if you do if you do it the exact same way that he already knows works, he's just going to ruin the he's going to ruin the post and he's going to fall to distant third <sighs> It was right. so upsetting. Yeah. I, that's not the kind of tricky, sneaky thing I expect well, out of Tough as Nails. I don't mm. know if they knew it wasn't going to work. I think that it turns out like in practice, like it did it did not work. But I'm like, oh, oh, here we go. OK, here comes Kenji. And this is his thing. This is his five hole, his superpower. He's the one. He won the challenge of the order. It's like, oh, it's not working today. And I guess it's a different animal when you are trying to make those uh, things go the pounder into a log as opposed to into the ground. I think it's not designed for that, really. Like, well, that's yeah, not what it's for. Well, also, yeah, the stake driver, those were not stakes. Like, those were poles, it seemed. Just, like, little pieces of rebar. So I do think it may have been that example of almost like we saw with the plane during mm -hmm. the uh, during the, the Battle of the Trades contest of, like, oh, it's the wrong tool for the right job, so you got to make it work. But, yeah, this was tough. I mean, part of me is also, like, you know, there are people that are yelling at him not to do it that way. Is he tuning them out? Is he continuing to think like, no, it's going to work? At what point is he seeing these poles bend at nearly a 45 degree angle and is like, eh, okay, maybe not. I mean, it is by far like the most interesting gauntlet I think we've seen so far since the first, not only because of that, we've never seen someone so fall so far behind in such a tragic fashion, but also the closest finish in Tough as Nails history, as much as we were saying like, yeah, Ben was the chalk pick to win. Uh, Todd nearly snatched that chalk out from Ben's mitts and stole that car fob from him. Uh, it just makes me sad, though, because that would have been the best Tough as Nails finish ever. Mm -hmm. 
Man, yeah. if, can you imagine if Todd ends up our winner? That's that's an incredible. Yeah, I know. I was really pulling for Todd there uh, at the end again, and Ben did nothing wrong. It was just that he was so so much the prohibitive favorite uh, all throughout this thing. That, like it would have been nice to see somebody knock him off, uh, and it looked like that Todd. There were a few moments where he was like uh, getting very close, and kudos to Todd for uh, you know going up against somebody who's a uh, much younger competitor. Editor, uh, and getting it that close. Uh, but no, ultimately, uh, Ben ends up uh, being the winner and uh, the latest Toughest Nails champion. I mean, put it another way, the three of us, we're not really Yankees fans. We're Mets people, right? <laughs> I don't know what Mike is. Mike is indifferent. Uh, well, my uh, National League team, at least, has been chosen for me was the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, I'm not entirely sure about my American League team. I will stay far away from the Yankees, though. That okay. much is clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the Toughest Nails podcast, not Yankees fans. <laughs> right, right. Uh, <laughs> the Yankees are uh, against everything. The, the Mets truly represent, you know, blue collar, lunch pail team that's does not have the highest payroll in uh, the all of uh, Major League Baseball history. Yeah, should, yeah. should Savage Crew, um, when they saw they were losing, like, sell off a bunch of team members? Cats, like the Yankees. <laughs> Savage Crew should have been like, you know what, we could give away Paul to Dirty Hands in exchange for, you know, a next round pick in the next season. Yeah. <laughs> we're way off. Uh, look, if we're going to talk about a baseball team, I think we have to talk about the Blue Jays here uh, in Top of the Nail Season 5. Uh, but that, that, that being said, yeah, that uh, to Justice's point, yeah, it's it, it, Ben was just like uh, he he lo- he looked the part uh, that he did nothing wrong. He was like uh, certainly the guy that you would have had the, the betting odds. What did you say last week, Jess? One, one, I said one, even odds, even odds, even odds. So uh, the, the you know there are a couple of different underdogs that could have potentially come out and taken the crown from Todd. Uh, sorry, from Ben, uh, but ultimately. Uh, it was all for naught. Let, let's talk about uh, these two episodes. And uh, the Battle of the Trades was back. And uh, how how do you feel about the Battle of the Trades? They're making this a thing. Like they're even mm-hmm. putting the words, like the the badge, which famously does not have words and relies on iconography. Mm-hmm. They're now putting the words right on the badge. Yeah. Mike, are you a fan of the format? It's interesting because I like how it concludes in a very individual fashion that is able to highlight those that finished early to see someone like Carly absolutely wreck that log pull to obviously you talk about that Carolina redemption moment. Yes. also is the one to like pretty much set the tone in terms of that log pull. I think the downside is that for a team challenge, kind of isn't a team challenge to finish it off. It's more so like, well, uh, you know, the I guess this is more so the sum of its parts than the whole and that it's less so about teamwork and more so about individuals showcasing themselves. So I think the betterment that it makes for TV and highlighting early outs, I think, unfortunately, comes at the cost of like, it isn't one big conclusion for the team overall. That being said, listen, we are people who love social strategy games. Toughest Sales, not necessarily one that goes for that. So I like when we bring it in here where there is so much thinking about, okay, who do we pick? And then based on that, what trade do we pick to go with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a little bit of a draft. I like that heads up sort of like uh, one versus one that we get in all of this. I do feel like that maybe they could mix up the battle of the trades from season to season doesn't have to be lumberjacks all the time mm-hmm. there are lots of trades to choose from <laughs> yeah it's really they just one make trade. about canadians yeah um but ultimately okay uh that's what uh we're gonna get here uh we get some interesting heads up battles uh cheryl gets it started and she's going right after carolina yeah yeah i, I mean listen it's it's tough. It's a little harsh, but like that's that's Cara, uh, Cheryl to a T. She's really good at, uh, you know, just the cutting straight for the jugular here. And she ends up prevailing. And this will lead to Carolina, you know, needing to redeem herself, not only for getting eliminated first, but for, you know, getting kind of schooled here with Cheryl's old lady hip. <laughs> yeah. But I was happy for Cheryl also where that I felt like that Cheryl, who was like a the brains behind uh, a lot of what Dirty Hands was doing. I was happy to see Cheryl be able to go out there and uh, do something and showcase her physicality. I mean, 
she's got a you know she's got many talents but yeah. i i did like if i'm gonna pick somebody on this cast that would be really good at the social strategy i would say it has to be cheryl mm-hmm. yeah. like if i want to put if i want to take one person on this cast and put them on another reality show i'm choosing cheryl yeah cheryl i think uh we put her put her onto any of these shows yeah cheryl for big brother mm-hmm. yeah she has the, she has the clothes for it <laughs> she i'm does. saying yeah. Um, so then we saw a battle between Yessi and Jessica. And even I was like, oh, a rematch. Yessi versus Jesse. Here we go. See, there you go. Then, That's that storyline as well. We got a couple of OT showdowns. Yeah. And so, yeah, even Yessi herself was like, okay, this is going to be for redemption. And Yessi was able to beat out Jessica in the log polling. Yeah, and she showcased the strategy, right? And it makes sense given that she's an iron worker. She works with those heavy loads and she knows the proper way to carry it, which is don't, you know, strain your entire upper body doing it, get low and pull from behind. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that seems to be something that everyone will copy because it works so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, and for a second, it looked like it wasn't working. Like she made up so much time. It was really incredible to see. Like for a second, I didn't think that would work. Uh, woodworking, very important mm-hmm. here, uh, uh-huh. especially when we get to this next battle, which is going to be Kenji versus Akila. Uh, and this was one where you had to use the planer, uh, not the ideal tool that you would use for this, Mike. Yeah, so this was interesting. I mean, it sucks to have a lot of these people just absolutely shatter this poor tool and then have to. I'm assuming cut up their hands by holding this like serrated blade as they grind it furtively across wood. Mm-hmm. They did have gloves. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I love the three of us talking like we know what the right tool would be. <laughs> we, don't <know. laughs> we don't know. Todd? But Todd? <laughs> I really, I really feel like if they're going to pull that kind of thing and, you know, fast forward to the end of this, of the finale, if they're going to pull that kind of thing, they should highlight it. Like, this is not the right tool for the job, but you got to make it work. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that storyline. I just don't like it when they don't announce it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, this is going to be the beginning of the comeback now for the Savage crew, right? Right. But there's yeah. a couple of moments in there. Yeah. Like, this is this is definitely, I thought this was the most interesting of the tasks to watch. Mm-hmm. Just because I enjoy it when people on Tough as Nails break stuff. They break their planers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kenji I mean, broke not, his first and then Akila broke the planer. Yeah, it's it's not as epic as like shattering a stove, but, you know, broken <laughs> stuff is broken stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, after this battle, we get, all right, Ben, the heavy hitter versus Dustin. And just this is what we thought we were going to be going into the gauntlet, uh, potentially, of this was, okay, here we go. Ben versus Dustin. This is going to be the big showdown here that's going to uh, cap off Tough as Nails. Uh, turns out that Dustin's not even going to be in the gauntlet. Yeah, this was disappointing, um, especially, I don't know how much of this is like 80 yard in later with Ben saying that Dustin is his biggest competition. Mm-hmm. Because it sure seems like, you know, Dustin was great. No, you know, no offense to any of the amazing things we saw Dustin do this season, but he was just so not obvious. Mm-hmm. And Ben was talking like, well, of course he's the biggest competition. Like maybe he is. Maybe we don't need to highlight that there really is no competition for Ben this season. Yeah. I mean, Dustin had stayed out of the OTs and so that he had done very well in the competitions. And so, I mean, it was natural to think of him as a a big competitor and he does beat out Ben here. um, And is uh, when earns two hatchets for Savage crew. The thing that kind of, uh, that I was wondering about was, did we ever get a backstory as to uh, why Dirty Hands was chanting uh, Ben's nephew's name? We never did. I'm going to imagine it was one of those things like we did have a through line with several different contestants saying throughout mm-hmm. the season, this this time I'm doing this task for this person in my life. Yes. Um, oh, maybe he set that several, up. Yeah. With several different people. They probably asked him, like, who are you doing this one for? Yeah. I felt like we could have used uh, the, the flashback because, Mike, I thought that uh, like, oh, my God, I hear Dirty Hands cheering Ethan Hunt. Ethan, yeah. I was like, oh, they're really up for this new Mission Impossible movie. 
Is this yeah, product placement? Yeah, it is Paramount. Without realizing yeah. it. I mean, yeah, you did say, Rob, how much they love doing commercials <laughs> for Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning during these shows. So I think it made sense that they were plugging the movie nice and early. No. I mean, what are we, Amazing Race Canada now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, ultimately it's close. Uh, Dustin ends up uh, winning. All right. Uh, this was a good one. Paul versus Carly. Uh, she's, did she say she wants to beat his old ass? <laughs> wow, shades of like old school survivor, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh Paul versus Carly, uh a an unappreciated uh rival that I uh, rivalry that I love. Yeah, it was fun. It was, you know, Canada versus Canada. Yeah. So, um yeah, and and Carly ends up winning it. Yeah, good for her. Mm -hmm. I, I think she, uh, again, needed some redemption and she spanked Paul as well. <laughs> and I, I love that as well, right? That she's like, okay. And I do feel kind of bad because it's like, okay, let me pick on the old man who doesn't have good cardio by doing like the cardio specific thing. Mm -hmm. But listen, considering how unfortunately she got her ass handed to her during the OT, I think it makes sense that roundabout's fair trade here. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we end up with a, another battle uh, between Todd and Marcus Jones. Who has one name? <laughs> yeah. So uh, here's a uh, uh, you know Marcus Jones. He had kind of like a quiet uh, two nights uh, over this uh, finale weekend, but uh, ultimately Todd tells us that, and this is the name of the episode: "Winning isn't everything, but losing sucks." I think I, I want that embroidered on a pillow someplace, but like. I love Todd in this in this instance, like figuring out how to like MacGyver a better solution out of this out of this terrible tool. Like he's the guy that, you know, we, we said it before. He's the guy that knows mm -hmm. how to make the best of what he's got. I love Todd so much. I mean, I feel like that he was so he, he really yeah, he heated up towards the end in many ways. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I felt very bad for him in the individual uh, challenge uh, that's coming up. But. I just felt like that he was so like mild mannered. I love that he is just so knowledgeable and he was just like a really fun person to root for on this season. Yeah, he really was. It was very much. I'm in the um, Todd squad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hard same. That man is a national treasure. And I would say that given the, the internationality of Toughest Males right now, he's an international treasure. <laughs> international. Yeah. Have, you, have you seen his Instagram? no. He is great really? on Instagram. What does oh, he really? do? What does he do? He just like he just does a lot of videos of just himself talking to the camera and like making terrible dad jokes, and it's oh. glorious. Yeah, yeah, I highly does, recommend. Does he do like like home improvement tips? Yeah, a few. Um, I'm just gonna pull it up because yeah. I I feel like I I need to I need to be, have like a more concrete. Mm -hmm. um, answer to why it brings me so much joy yeah okay all right, all right. So he is todd the toolmaker on instagram todd the toolmaker guys yep and he just like he did a lot of like uh just promos for the show and i don't know if he was put up to it or what but mm -hmm. he has he has a lot of he has his own vocabulary he has yes. toddisms toddisms I mean, that's the thing that apparently we were getting towards the end. Is one of the Toddisms like basic math? I feel like he was well known <laughs> as like the analyst of Tough as Nails, coming up with the percentage chance as to why he was when he was going to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he has some like inspirational quotes. He calls that Toditude. Toditude. Okay. Toditude. <laughs> Is this the guy that ends up going to be like the most brand sensitive member of Tough as Nails? I would not have bet on this guy. He would have been like 12 out of 12 on the list if you asked me preseason. I feel like, I mean, Mike, in the preseason, did you tell us that he had Toddisms that were coming? Bill told yeah. me that I told you. So apparently, <laughs> I, so I was sort of waiting for them and they did come out a bit towards the end. I guess is it sort of in conjunction with Todd talking? Because I guess we just haven't seen a lot of him talking for the first like eight episodes. And then once he did, then the Toddisms flowed. Okay. All right. Um, and then we get another showdown between Ben and Dustin. This time, Ben, he's going to go too much force and cuts the strap on the log. Instant DQ for Ben. The low point of the weekend for Ben. Hey, contestants breaking stuff. That's what <laughs> Tough as Nails is all about. Yeah. Uh, and it all culminates to the big showdown between Carly and Carolina. And so Carolina, she's look, she was out early. She did not often get a chance to showcase her talents. But here she is to ultimately 
win some money for Savage Crew and the Battle of the Trades. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. I was excited to see it. Um, I love the book ending this way. Like I can see where Phil would appreciate how well that rhymed. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. Um, I, I like that Carolina was like, okay, I only want to hear Akila. Nobody else talk. <laughs> only Akila is allowed to uh, talk to me during this. Is it, wasn't that fun? That was fun. Yeah. yeah, and I, and it's a nice summary of like the team dynamic of Savage Crew. Even though I said how individualistic it was, it was nice to have like that cooperative element pull through of okay, I know Akila can talk to me really well. And also, listen, for a group of people that are necessarily uh known for their talkativeness, particularly from like half the team, I would say it's nice that they got one of those loud voices to benefit them here. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, for Savage Crew, Dirty Hands wins the overall competition, but they save some face here uh, with a win here in the Battle of the Trades. And I don't know, I just really this season, um, it just uh, sort of just struck me that I I really love the team aspect of this. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's not every season that I feel this way, but I just really felt like that the two teams that they had distinct styles and there was story and I just really enjoyed this. And I feel like that where the things that we have, you know, I don't want to say complain about, but we point out like, you know, where at times, and we talked about this with Phil and Phil made a, you know, a, a great case for why the show does it this way, where, uh, you know, it seems like that it's, uh, I don't want to say unfair, but maybe like an uphill climb for uh, some of the women on the show to compete mm-hmm. with these very physical men. It's, I mean, it's an uphill climb for some of the less physical men to compete with the super physical men uh, in the gauntlet. You just don't have that in the team parts of the show. And it's different than anything else that's on television. And I just really do uh, enjoy uh, this part of the show. And I almost uh, you know, wish that we could focus more on the teams and less on the individual competition. I mean, I think we need we need them both. You need your vegetables so you can enjoy your dessert. Mm-hmm. And I I think that having the individual competition helps us get to know who these people are as humans, as individuals. Like, what is their competition style and how does that feed into the team? Mm-hmm. Maybe the answer is, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the answer is we front load the individual competition and put the team at the end. Hmm. Like, I don't know if that would work. I think narratively speaking, he's got it right right now. Mm -hmm. But I I wonder how we give more attention to the exciting parts of the show, which is the team competition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is just a total spitball. Uh, Could you could you have the individual uh, competition or the team competition and then the winning team sends two people from the losing team into the OT? That is too much like so many other shows mm. right now like that's the claim to fame approach yeah basically mm-hmm. or yeah. you know how many other competition shows have had that format yeah. of like two people go in and compete in a challenge head to head um maybe we're just just top of mind because claim to fame is doing so well right <laughs> maybe, now but maybe uh, i i don't i don't like it when it gets political either because mm-hmm. i think you get to this you have this thing where it encourages people to not get along with each other. Yeah. And that's against the spirit of the show. So it's, it's yeah. uh, look, it's a, it's a hard question to answer, but I don't want to make this so much as like I'm anti the individual part of the show. I just, I have really enjoyed the team part of it so much and I'm trying to find a way uh, to uh, get more of that as the focus, but you know, everybody's mileage may vary. Or yeah. kilometers for our Canadian listeners. For our Canadian listeners. Yeah, it just it feels tough because like, I don't know. I think there's there's benefits and drawbacks to each of them. I think for some people like, yeah, it, it might not matter to them. Maybe they do want to see individuals succeed and maybe doesn't necessarily, I mean, maybe it's also the sports element as well that could have sort of calls that. I mean, it's also should be noted that this is like the most lasting element of Tough as Nails as well. How long have these dang names lasted throughout the entire series? So I think it makes sense to keep throughout. I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure if what you're suggesting would be like the perfect solution. You know, maybe 90 minute episodes of Tough as Nails oh, is the solution. Okay. We'll see. I'll take uh, it. Yeah, it's, it's very in vogue right now. 
Let's see how long the strike goes on. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Let's talk about uh, then the OT uh, that we're going to have uh, somebody uh, going out of the competition here. Uh, This is uh, one where we are going to have to build our picnic tables. And so this is like a, you know, big undertaking. I feel like, that, Jess, have they done the picnic tables before? They look no, familiar. They've, they've built other stuff out of logs mm-hmm. and boards. Like we've had a whole like thing where you had to assemble like a patio furniture and stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, build the picnic table, but you have to have it exactly to specification. And as Jessica alluded to earlier, keep your workstations clear. And Mm so uh, it wasn't just necessarily like who could get the tables built, but who could get everything to pass inspection. And this was another one of these cases where the inspector was not going to tell you why your thing did not pass the inspection. Love those. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. this is something we've done to death on Amazing Race. Yes. Oh, and I hate it. It's the most anxiety-ridden thing for me. So relatable to be like, okay, there's something wrong with this. And you hyperfixate on, of course, all the wrong details. When it turns out that, no, Todd, you left a wire loosely hanging. No, Jess, you're Nalgene. Get the freaking Nalgene off. Hydration is important, but not that important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, going down to like, there's one screw that's not tightened all the way. Oh my God. Uh, this would, if, if I was on this and I was doing one of these challenges, it's like, yeah, something's wrong and we're not going to tell you. I think it would destroy me. Yeah. I, it's the reason I've, it's one of the reasons I would be really bad at amazing race because I just get up in my head about it and I'd be like Todd taking apart my entire picnic (laughs) table just so I can put it back together when, you know, right over here is, you know, just tie up your cord. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Or like I would accidentally, I would walk over to my, to my job site. I'd pick up my water bottle and take a drink while I'm thinking of it and not realize that I'd just done the thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, so frustration for everybody. Um, I don't think anybody uh, got it clean without a uh, multiple checks, right? Yeah, everybody got it wrong at least once. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess there's a lot happening, despite how simplistic it seems on the surface. Like there was a lot going on. Mm hmm. Yeah, it seemed like that Kenji was out to an early lead also. Uh, it looked like that, okay, maybe he was going to be able to take it. But uh, ultimately, his bench was too long. Ben had the screw. Todd, I think, was the one that I had the most sympathy for. Where Todd, he prides himself on, okay, I am a craftsman. I've done everything. I followed all the instructions. I've done everything. And something is off. Uh, and it turns out they were, that he had left a board on the floor. And then no, he let no, yeah, he left like a piece of wood, little block, and then just a wire, and then and then a wire, not even on his area, but like touching his area, and that was enough to say no, no, sorry, Todd, and poor Todd, he took apart the whole freaking picnic table. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. And then again, that's incredibly relatable. And like, I'm glad it's a relatively happy ending for Todd at the end of the day and that he does finish his second place. But like, was this not the beat of him this entire season? This was the true Toddism we got to know for the majority of the season is like, this dude is doing really well. And like, he makes one or two mistakes, overthinks it and then undoes it. I mean, he went into, you know, the previous, uh, you know, he's, he's going to go into his second overtime in a row, which is isn't good. So I'm glad that he was able to rally and had, a really strong finale because yeah, it was rough for him uh, and poor Dustin as well for someone that was all about like keeping a cool, calm head. It seemed like he was by far the most slow going out of everyone. And it paid dearly here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, um, you know, before we got to this, uh, it was interesting in the damn van talk, you know, Ben, he's getting a little sick, Jess. He's tired of uh, all this talk about Dustin, Dustin, Dustin. What talk about Dustin, Dustin, Dustin? <laughs> well, Paul, just right before that, called him SBD, Mike. Did you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's classic Paul. 
<laughs> he says, you know, Todd is, uh, or sorry, you know, Dustin, he's SPD. <laughs> now, you know, teamwork maybe is out the window with Savage Crew considering you're like, oh, I love you guys. You're like farts to me. Right, some people love that. I'm not going to yuck anybody's yum here. Yeah, he's silent but deadly. <laughs> I mean, is this is this going to go down in history as the um, as the toughest nail season of laid back guys with cool facial hair? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, if the shoe fits, right? Um, so ultimately, uh, we're going to see Todd and Dustin go into uh, the OT here. And I think this was a bad draw for Dustin because basically this was, okay, use like a piece of machinery that you've never seen before. Uh, this is Todd's wheelhouse. Yeah, but Dustin also made kind of a rookie mistake here. Yeah. And- Okay, he was a rookie, but the the fact that he didn't quite get that your piece of wood that you create has to be an eight by eight square, that mm-hmm. was I that was a little head scratchy to me. It's mm-hmm. like I didn't know it had to be exact. I'm like, what part of Tough as Nails has ever been not exact? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean it was cool to watch this machine work. Yeah, I, I had never seen it before in my life. And it seems really cool to run, especially given the way that Todd does it, which is just like a set it and forget it. Mm-hmm. Start strolling through the meadow. Todd's like and walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Like it seems like a fun way to spend a day, actually. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so Todd does it. I don't know if it was ultimately that close. Uh, Dustin has to get some of his boards thrown out. Todd has to go back and do a whole nother setup just to get one board. But still, no problem for uh, the Todd father. Able to make short work of Dustin and Dustin is eliminated. So we're going to a final of Ben versus Todd versus Jessica versus Kenji. And uh, at this point, I said, yeah, this feels very much like we're still on track for Ben. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, I thought maybe there was an outside chance for Kenji if he was able to face some tasks that weren't necessarily strength based. Jessica seems like a good all around performer, but yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it would have to be Ben really falling on his face in both the individual challenge and the OT to yeah. do it. And I don't, once we saw that challenge and saw, especially how he did in the first heat, I don't think that's happening. Yeah. It's too bad that Kenji couldn't overcome because he would able be able to finally like, uh, you know, put back all of those memes that are out there. He's just Kenji. <laughs> and then to be able to finally overcome. But he knows a lot more than Beach. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, the 18-wheeler. Uh, th- so this was, in the past, we've seen a lot of like 2v2s uh, at the Final Four. This was uh, 1v1, but with a time trial element. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um I thought it was interesting. This is a conversation that we have had many times before regarding Tough as Nails is the ability to be in the second heat is mm-hmm. a huge, huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and they and I was about to like I was writing it down in my notes to bring up on the podcast. I'm like, is this fair? And then they then they literally start talking about it on the show. And mm-hmm. Todd mentions like I was watching what Ben was doing and I picked up a lot of things that he was doing wrong that I could do differently. Yeah. yeah, I love the tip. I mean, listen, I learn something new every week on Tough as Nails. And here, Paul learning the thing from the trucker about how the bottom of the steering wheel is going to determine where your trailer is going. I think it's such like a simple, not like life hack, because again, it's just a thing to remember, almost a mnemonic, but so interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that. I think I do too much mental calculation a la Todd trying to figure out, well, if I turn right, then this turns yeah. left. No, just look at the bottom half of the steering wheel, much like Paul likes to talk about the bottom half. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I'm going to write that one down and keep it in my uh, <laughs> glove compartment. Um, but, yeah, this 18-wheeler uh, is tough to maneuver. Yeah, but just so that now that you mention it, like, I'm thinking back to, like, the first season where they had to do, like, the forklift challenge. So, yeah, not unprecedented for Tough as Nails to uh, have people operate heavy machinery at the final four. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's going to be one of those things like, you know, how Survivor has the, you know, the, the multi-part challenge at the final four. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is just one of those other things like the battle of the trades. It's going to be tradition now. Yeah. I did catch, I think that one of Todd's catchphrases is it's go time. 
Is he, is he the KC of this season? Have we figured that out? That's his let's go. Not, yeah, not let's go. Uh, but it's go time. Um, so he said it a few different times. Uh, Todd ends up having the best time and ends up uh, making $10,000 for being the winner of this. And Jess, he's so impressed. He's like, that's not bad for 15 minutes of work. He makes yeah. $40,000 an hour now. Yeah, that's fantastic. But I don't think they're going to let him run the course three more times. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. So, uh, yeah, this is good. Uh, $40,000 an hour. I think that uh, Max Scherzer, I think, makes that kind of money. Oh, should we do Occupy, Todd? Like, this is uh, the 1% of the 1% as much as he likes to talk about percents. Eat the rich. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, on the other side of things, yeah, this was um, Ben versus Kenji. And again, this this final hour is tough for Kenji. Yeah, it's a it's an emotional mm-hmm. gauntlet for sure. Emotional as well as physical. Mm hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's just like it's so hard. Like Ben is just like taking these tires and just putting them up on the on the bed of the truck and like Kenji has to like turn the tires into a ladder to be able to uh, make it all work. And uh, he's uh, his bags of soil are opening up, but um, ultimately, yeah, Kenji and Jessica are going to be going to the OT. Yeah. Which I think we probably could have predicted. Yeah. And so in the final OT of the season, uh, they have to go up to this, uh, what would you call this, scaffolding? Yeah. Tower? I don't know if it's scaffolding because you you can't deconstruct it. It just more seems like a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, one thing, the only thing we know for sure is that there were four lights. Yeah. <laughs> four <laughs> lights. That's right. <laughs> are you sure there's not more, Jess? There's five. There's four lights. Yes. There are four lights. <laughs> okay. All right. And so- I wonder what the... The Bajoran workers are the toughest nails of Starfleet. Mm-hmm. What is the Venn diagram of toughest nails in Star Trek? Is it just me and Mike? <laughs> um, Rob's there too. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe this podcast panel and that might be it. Um, yeah. But that being said, so, all right, um, you know, some different some different strategies. Uh, Mike, how would you think uh, this OT was going? I was a little confused because it was like, oh, Jessica's doing the right thing. Now Kenji's doing the right thing. Now Jessica's doing the right thing. Now Kenji's doing the right thing. Uh, and so it looks like Kenji did benefit in the end, first by being all twinkle toesy and like uh, walking on his tippy toes. He as was he hustling. Walked. Like I Super mean, Mario. I don't know why he put his hands in the air. Like he's like, no touching, no touching. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah. They needed that Hanna-Barbera tiptoeing sound effect. Mm-hmm. Like, that was what was missing from that. Yeah. All right, so ultimately, Kenji, he is going to uh, get through, and then uh, we're going to have uh, all dirty hands in the finals. Jessica was the last hope for a savage crew. Yep, and all dudes. Mm-hmm. Yep, okay. So, oh, and Jessica got a nice, like, montage. Yeah, I mean, she was definitely one of the breakout stars this season. I think her journey was one that we spent a lot of time on, and... Mm-hmm. Especially towards the beginning where it felt like, you know, the entire the entire show was against her Mm -hmm. and you couldn't tell if that was like a her thing or a show thing. But then towards the end, she really starts to figure it out and the group starts to gel and she starts to really start to kick butt in the challenges. I thought it was a really great journey. I wish I could have seen her in the gauntlet. Yeah. Yeah. And. Even her and Aquila that I mean, I remember that one fight that they got into. I don't know if they had had like beef since then, but it seemed like that it was maybe like a bigger deal because uh, they like seemed to like patch things up and the like it wasn't just like something that blew over. Yeah. Well, and then we go from that to them like choosing to work together because they've done all this work on each other. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was I I don't want to see people screaming at each other all the time on my reality TV. Like mm-hmm. if I want that, I'll go watch Big Brother or something. But oh. um, oh, well, I'm gonna say C-SPAN. Yeah. <laughs> well that too. Um but I really felt like we got enough of it to get a sense of like they were just two strong personalities that clashed. And then mm-hmm. they used those strong personalities to work together. Yeah. All right. Um let's talk about the gauntlet. All right, mm. uh, it's it's Ben and Todd 
and Kenji here in the gauntlet. And Phil uh, is going to get himself exhausted talking about all of the different <laughs> aspects of it where you're going to drive. <laughs> I, I love when they drive through the wall. Uh, and then we're going to be going through, pushing Sod through a tube, mm -hmm. getting into getting into a tunnel. And then Phil says, and this is going to be your Shawshank Redemption moment. I was like, oh my uh, God, Phil. What we've all been waiting for. Yes. What is that tunnel filled with? <laughs> Todd crawled through 15 miles. Unspeakable filth. <laughs> well, we haven't we haven't dealt with gross stuff this season, right? Like there's no slime eels or manure to deal with. No, no, but it was it, it was just that they had to cut the cut just go through it too. But I don't know, like Phil, when you say that this is the Shawshank Redemption moment, like uh, and the guy's crawling through the tunnel, I think that there's going to be something bad in the tunnel. I don't know. Yeah. I think Andy, I think Andy Dufresne would have wished for like a grinder or something uh, for many reasons. First, to drill through that hole in the wall. Actually, they broke through the hole in the wall. Was this not a Shawshank Redemption challenge in general? Was <laughs> yeah, the should there have been a poster? Is there a poster up on the wall? A poster, a poster of Martin Shore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they should have to dig through with like a spoon. Uh, but ultimately, no, that's not what's happening here uh, in the toughest nails finale um all right so i mean ben is out in front for the most part and uh really we start to get the like the major intrigue coming with uh kenji and the pounder yeah i'm gonna go on record again this was kind of cheap because it's like the one piece of gauntlet content that wasn't purely content, physical please, yes yes content sorry mm -hmm. <laughs> It wasn't purely physical. It was like the one strategic thing. And I don't think a single person would have been faulted there for thinking like, oh, that's going to be Kenji's time to shine. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it turns out, oh, no, this one is just as physical as all the rest of them. And there's very little strategy involved. Yeah, that was that was cheap. Yeah. I mean, it was so celebrated when he won at the Apple Orchard. But I just don't know, Mike, if there's like some sort of like tough as nails, like dream team to test the challenges. Like, does somebody test it to see if Kenji's method will work? Like, I can uh, hear Phil screaming at us right yes, now yes. from wherever in the future he is listening to no, us. No, so I'm I sure mean, I'm sure they test the challenge. I'm sure they are they're testing but I people mean, are I I assume that like they probably would have thought, oh, eventually if he realizes that it's not working, he'll stop. He'll stop and yeah. change. I don't think they yeah. accounted for the pure adrenaline like, seizing through the I, I don't think in any way they were like, Oh, you know how we could really mess with Kenji in the finals? <laughs> yeah, like, we gotta we gotta get rid of that. How do you solve a problem like Kenji? We yeah. gotta find out how to do away with him yeah so he had like a unique uh way of like using that tool right like that um well I, actually i don't know because then it was so celebrated that, that it was i guess if you're if you're doing like a million of those i guess that the way that kenji's method was is the right way to do it but i don't know if you're only gonna do one or two maybe you just need to go like full strength and, and then yeah. and then he bent the pole and then made it almost impossible to do it. Oh, man, I felt just so awful for him, like absolutely terrible yeah. because like he was wailing and sobbing. I know. And, like, I know. and it was tough because as well, people were moving down the uh, down the course as well. And like good on the people who stayed behind to be like, OK, Kenji, come on, like. You know, Akila, I think most of all, was a really good encourager of yeah, Kenji. Yeah, but Mike, uh, that Akila's like, you better not quit. You better not. And it's like, all right, my thing is bent. It's not, I could keep doing it, but it's not going to, it's not going to go in. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, I wish you'd just like, like, let me, let me walk away. Yeah, it's hard to tell in that moment, like what kind of encouragement works on what kind of person, mm -hmm. because for some people, that is absolutely what you need. You need someone like yelling at you not to quit and not to be like a little whiny baby loser about it. Mm -hmm. But other times you need someone like you've got this. You are great. I am proud of you no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And I, I don't know. I don't know if that in that moment, Kenji needed to hear not to quit. Yeah, um, like I, I know Kenji did not want to quit, but at the point where his things are like at like uh, have, have now bent uh, and there's no way to get them. He, he couldn't get them in when they were straight. Yeah, 
It, it, it's just like right. He never got them ex- in, right? No, no. exercise yeah. and futility. No, yeah. I think eventually it was like when that amazing race team finishes so far behind that Phil's like, no, just come on in. Like, don't even do any of the other tasks. We saw him climb the ladder. I mean, Phil also walked over at a certain point and explicitly told Kenji. You need to change it. And like, that was interesting because you would feel like on paper that might be a bit ticky tack of like stepping over a line of like, should a host I, I let think a person he was know? so far out of it, Mike. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it. It might have actually been completely over. I think that, that was point. a mercy uh, at that point. Yeah. But I would have tried so I would have tried like hitting the pole over the top with the pounder at a certain point, like a steel chair in a wrestling match. Uh to get <laughs> comes to Rob from the top different. Rope. Yeah. Uh <laughs> all right. But then uh we had our matchup where it seemed like that if anything was going to maybe end up going in Todd's favor here, that it came down to the planer. And uh Ben hates the planer. Todd, this is like sort of uh, his forte of working with the tools. And so it looked like that he made up some ground and it got very close with uh, the final pegs. Yep. He was, he was a planning machine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Mike, would you have liked to have seen that uh, maybe, should there have been like more of a puzzle element to the, the pegs to assembling uh, that rather than just like, you know, just uh, stick the pegs in and uh, climb up the thing. I mean, listen, I would love to. That ain't this show, yeah. though. Uh, and Todd was able to catch up because of the planer. Had that not existed, and I guess that was sort of the great equalizer, but that's not this type of thing. I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily call this even like that physically taxing or like promoting some form of strength. I think it's just more so like endurance, Overall, And so I think it's if you want to try to stuff up the people with high endurance, then, yeah, it would make sense. But I don't know if that's what they want to do. That's a skill they want to pride in the gauntlet overall. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Ben slips a couple times, but ultimately gets that key fob and becomes uh, the toughest nails winner and gets presented the toughest nails belt by Kenji. Yeah, that was an odd moment. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like having the bronze medalist put the gold medal on the winner. Yeah, yeah. So he did it. Um, so there you go. That's Tough as Nail season five. There we go. Mm-hmm. And we get our we get our where are they now, which yes. is very sweet. I mean, a lot of them is like, we're not really going in for a lot of surprises. I think like Linda changing her entire career path after seeing Rufer Lee at the end of season one is like my watermark of awesome. Where are they now? Stuff. Everyone seems to be like pretty good hanging out with their families. I guess the big one is Akila. She didn't transfer job. She transferred to a new firehouse and she did run into a familiar face. The question is, were any of us familiar <laughs> with the face? Yeah. Well, uh, that who was, who was at Akila's firehouse? Wasn't that Kalimba? Yes, that was Kalimba, who's a fire captain from the one season we didn't cover in uh, season three. Oh, okay. I watched it. Kalimba is also a great Instagram follower. Oh, my so. God. Wow, Jess, you are the target audience for Tough as Nails Instagram. I I mean, I, I use Instagram like a boomer, if that's what you're insinuating. <laughs> no, I'm not insinuating anything. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, I did feel like that a lot of the updates were a lot more sort of just like uh, lifestyle updates of like uh, this person is hanging out with their kids and this person is doing. Th- mm-hmm. Whereas I in the original Tough as Nail season, I feel like it was like so many people were like changing jobs and stuff like that. I just wonder, was that more of a byproduct maybe of like 2020 was just there's so much like upheaval in the system and people leaving one job for another? Yeah, not to really mention, yeah. yeah, I think I think people were all doing that kind of thing. But also it was like, this is a new show. It's going to be transformative in a way that, you know, subsequent seasons of the show will not be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, it was uh, very fun. And uh, we got to see every everybody's uh, updates. Anybody have any other updates we want to highlight? Um. Well, Ben got married. That should probably be the bigger yep, one. Ben got Kalimba showing up. Yes. Yes, he is working in her girlfriend's flower shop. No, I think she's just helping her set up. Oh, helping her set up. Okay. Yeah. I don't think she's working there. I think she's volunteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, there's uh, Tough as Nail Season 5. Just would you hazard to try to rank the Tough as Nail Seasons? Uh, I couldn't do it, Rob, mm-hmm. because I, A... 
most seasons of reality TV these <laughs> days, like they're, they sit in my mind for as long as I need them and then they are gone. Yeah. So there's that complicating factor. Yeah. Um, and also they're, they're just, just, it's all vibes. It's good. Okay. It's, I enjoy it when it's on. Well, I don't know if another season of Tough as Nails has been uh, set into motion yet, Mike, right? No, not as of yet. Uh, obviously, there's a, a bunch of other Phil Kogan we'll see on our screen, but no, no announcement, it seems. I mean, I'm not sure how they did in the ratings. I'm not sure if the dual or twice a week scheduling helped or hurt it. I mean, listen, if we're looking ahead to the state of media and productions in Hollywood, I would imagine there is certainly room for Tough as Nails. But if they want it on the spring schedule, they're going to have to, you know, put yeah. in the renewal ipso facto. But I mean, based on the state of the, you know, uh, labor situation in Hollywood, hard to imagine a Tough as Nails not showing up uh, sometime uh, in uh, the early part of 2024, right? Yeah, I think it's practically a given. Um, and I've heard a lot of these contestants kind of idly speculating about an all-star All Uh-oh. Okay. Oh. I don't know if that's just them wishful thinking and like wanting to be back Rampant out there. speculation uh, yeah. on, on our part. Um, mm -hmm. All right. Anything else we want to say to uh, put a bow on Tough as Nails season five? I mean, I'll continue to say how much I really enjoyed this season. I just think it was a perfect amalgam of like really interesting characters, a lot of great back and forth, an actual like team storyline to feel invested in. Look, the winner, he seems like a really nice guy. If I were honestly ranking the cast based on like, you know, how much of a great TV character there were, Ben might be near the bottom, but like, I think his story is important to Todd's point that he made at the end of all this of like to have him talk about going through addiction, making his way through because of his family and his work and prevailing on the other side, now $200,000 richer. That's really inspiring. And I feel like this cast had a nice mixture of characters as well as like really good stories at the same time. Add into it a really fantastic underdog dynamic from Savage Crew. Some interesting challenges that bent much like Kenji's poll, the expectations we've thought of with Tough as Nails. I, I think it was a really, really good time, uh, particularly covering it with the two of you. Special thanks to Phil. I am like sincerely honored. Phil apparently tagged me in an Instagram reel oh. on uh, on Friday promoting the penultimate episode. I think the only people who were not on the show that was tagged was me, Mike Rowe, and Bobby Bones. So nice. uh, I'm happy to Rarified be part of, air. <laughs> I'm happy to be part of the three musketeers in that regard. And yeah, Phil's the fact that Phil even listens to this podcast is like so surreal to me. So thank you, Phil, for putting together such an incredible season. I know you are so amenable to feedback and like that is so greatly appreciated. But pat yourself on the back for doing a really fantastic season of your show. Yeah, a uh, great tough as nail season. Jess, anything else you want to add? I mean, I think Mike pretty much said it all there. OK, um, well, I, uh, yeah, well, well said, Mike. Uh, just what's, what else is coming up for you these days? Uh, well, this gentleman right up here in the upper right, uh, Mr. Bloom and I are talking Star Trek every week. We talk about Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and this week's the musical episode. So, yes. You said musical a mus episode? I said musical There is episode. a musical episode, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I didn't think it was going to get weirder than Lower Decks crossover, but it's definitely getting weirder. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty hyped for that. It looks like there's a lot of talent going into this episode so it's gonna be a lot of fun and then i'm also covering amazing race canada with dan heaton and we talk about that every week right after the episode airs and so far i will say they are breaking new ground in terms of sponsored tasks okay. and that's what i'll leave well that's you know canadian reality tv it's a trend yeah, even over and above the trend i will mm -hmm. give you that <laughs> okay all right um Mike, what's coming up for you? So much. Uh, okay, okay, so I'll get the scripted stuff done first. As just said, Strange New Worlds, we're finishing that up. I'm covering uh, Star Wars Rebels and Ahsoka. I'm covering The Witcher, which aired its last three episodes. This past week, covering BSG with Josh. But on the reality TV side of things, Rob, you and I are about to become jack of all trades when it comes to CBS reality TV for the next four months or so. At the time we were talking, the Big Brother 25 cast 
has dropped. I have interviews that are uh, being published with them preseason as we are speaking. And once we get into that, I'll be doing weekly exit press for that as it premieres on Wednesday. Then the Thursday after that, the Challenge USA premieres. I will be doing weekly exit press for that. And then as August eventually turns into September, so come the premieres of Survivor and The Amazing Race. Of course, when Survivor premieres, I had the great pleasure of getting to talk with those contestants. And so, Rob, you and I will get to review that content. And then to bring it full circle, the three of us will be together once more talking Phil Kogan's other line of work in The Amazing Race. Uh, for those that may have seen the teaser Yesterday, there is a bit of news regarding that that we'll talk about, I think, a bit more. We'll cross that log bridge when we get to it, when we slide the, the plank through the gauge. Uh, but I'm excited to get back with the two of you only a couple of months from now. Of course, all of this stuff is being put out there at a Mike Bloom type. So yeah. this is a really fantastic warm-up to what's going to be a heavy endurance test for us over the next few months. Uh, for sure. I can't believe how fast uh, this season went. I feel like uh, July flew by, and this was uh, really, really fun getting to talk about this season of uh, Tough as Nails with you both. Thank you all for listening to our recaps of Tough as Nails Season 5. Uh, we will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.